Welcome to the Vorthos Podcast with your host, Matt W. Ruff. Thank you, Bob. Um, welcome to 2021, and this is the first podcast of this year, but it's the 16th of the first season, and I actually have a guest. Um, he is one of my dearest friends, and he's a missionary as how I know him, and we got a question that I thought was worth asking, <laughs> and what I mean by that is the question was really a good question, and the question that we have. We'll talk about in a minute, but before we get into that, Larry, welcome to the Vorthos podcast. Good to be here, Matt. So I know you quite well and, you know, I could tell stories of, you know, digging alive something out of your head that that was really a great story and we could go on stories forever. So, but instead of that, why don't you tell the people who you are? Well, now you're going to have people write in and say, I want to hear about the story of whatever was in Larry's head, and uh, I'll be happy to come back and give that story sometime. But, yeah, I've been uh, uh, working in uh, in Christian missions for about 35 years, and, uh, yeah, that's how we met. I was going back and forth uh, from Nashville to Africa, and thank you, Matt, for all the tech uh, support you gave me uh, during the the five years I was here, and then the, uh, even the 12 years I was in Africa. So uh, I started a couple of nonprofit organizations. Uh, we're not missionary sending organizations. We believe that this is the really the day of the national church, so we support indigenous uh, pastors uh, and church leaders in about a dozen countries around the world, and I'm working now with a group I started 10 years ago called Leadership International. And we exist to um, train church leaders. And more than 2 million pastors around the world have never had any theological training. So ask yourself if you're glad your pastor had some theological education. Some of you maybe aren't sure. Uh, but uh, we believe that basic biblical training is a great gift to uh, the growing churches and mainly in Africa and Southeast Asia. And so that's what we do. We raise funds for to support men and material for training, and then we also fund special projects that are be uh, relief projects that are recommended by the church leaders in their own area. That's what I do. Well, when I met you, you were primarily working in Africa. And, um, you know, our friendship goes back 20-plus years. So, you know, there's there's a lot of history there. That's, uh, uh, But the one thing I remember when I tried to start my nonprofit, I hit the brick wall that it's, it's a little bit easier to raise money for starving people in Africa than for technology needs of people like you. You, st- you need the help, and I love providing it, um, but trying to c- create a ministry out of that, just was this not a topic that people were willing to give to, I found out. so. But um, the, the question we got, I got asked on the, on the podcast from a listener was really quite good. It said, it was pretty simple. It says, hey, I like your podcast. And a question that I'm dealing with that nobody's been able to give a good answer to is with COVID and the rest of the problems that we're having in today in America, how do you balance giving between local mission needs, your local church and foreign mission needs? And I thought it was an excellent question. And I have some thoughts on that and, but I wanted to bounce them off you, but I also, I really just want to hear your opinion because You've lived mainly, though you worked for a church, I know that because we worked on the same staff, um, you primarily dealt with, you know, foreign countries. Yeah, that's right. And so it's, how do you balance the three? Or are there more than three? I think there there are more than three, uh, but I think this is a great question because it addresses and asks it in a helpful way 
what's the balance? Because that's what we're looking for. We have to balance our giving, and we need to balance it first uh, in relation to the direction uh, that's been provided in Scripture. And uh, this is an issue most of us uh, struggle with, not as many as I think should, but um, it especially came into focus for me when after living for 40 years in the United States, uh, I, I moved to Africa for the first time. I was, I was already 40 years old and had a 20-year career and had only been exposed to the physical needs of uh, the two-thirds world um, at, at an age I already had some giving patterns. So when I got to uh, Africa, uh, I had to really go to Scripture, and that's what I want to focus on today in, in relation to this. I'll throw, you know, there, there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible about money. Uh, so I'm only going to mention a couple, but I would encourage people to take the time to look and see what God's Word says about money. I think they'll be surprised. Most people are surprised there are that many references. Uh, money is mentioned in the Bible more than love, more than salvation. So it's pretty important. So we need, and, and the needs are tremendous locally and globally. But Jesus said about money, the verse that first, uh, I didn't read all 2,000 verses when somebody told me about that. I read maybe 150, and I got stuck at Matthew 25 when uh, Jesus basically said uh, there's six groups of people that you should be giving to, and he told us exactly who they were. He didn't say go look for six. He said the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the strangers, the sick, and those in prison. And I realized in my early 40s, that I was in a uh, wealthy evangelical church and I never heard any encouragement from the pulpit to give to any of those six groups. I'm not blaming the church because I had a Bible. Uh, But it was only when I studied that I realized I was not in a close proximity to the people Jesus says we should be ministering to. Wasn't spending time with any hungry people. Or giving them money or thirsty. I didn't even know anybody that was thirsty. Didn't know anybody didn't have enough clothes. Strangers, I didn't know what that meant. I have some idea now. The sick, I didn't do much for the sick. And thank God I'd never been to prison. So studying the needs around us in light of what Scripture says is how I think the the topic ought to be addressed. Now, Matt, I can go ahead and give you my uh, input on local, foreign, or church, but maybe you want to break that into three questions. Well, I mean, when you were talking about the the six things, that's from the parable of, well, that's the only time Jesus actually talked about judgment. Yeah. He was talking about it was the separation of the sheeps and goats. Exactly. So it's when he comes back. That's right. right. And, you know, my, my record, the first time I actually remember hearing anything at all about that verse other than reading over it um, was from Keith Green. Mm-hmm. Keith Green has this beautiful melody, uh, you know, playing on the piano and, and singing this verse and doing it somewhat comically, you know, because he, he's, he's talking about, okay, some of you have done miracles in my name yet you didn't do any of these things yeah and he did it really sarcastic he goes well okay somebody want to go out get jesus a, a mcdonald's burger or something you know showing the 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 contempt that yeah that some rich people yeah. have for poor people so my take on that verse is is that was my first take on it and because i've known you i've heard this some of this before yeah um and I agree with that principle. And then, you know, I know that you have, but I want to get it back to the actual que- the okay. question. All right. Um, a let's make it as plain as possible. I don't know the person, the person at all that's in the question. In. I'm just going to make an assumption. 
He's 25 year old male raised in a good home and he has a set income and he says, you know, I can afford, or, you know, he maybe came from a church church that preached tithing and said, okay, you know, I got 10%. I may even have 12%, but it, it can't, you know, my little mouth, you know, I can, I'll give what I can to these percentages. But the question is, how do you know if you've got, you know, a hundred dollars to give, and if that's all you got to give, you know, Jesus was very complimentary of the, the old lady who gave just two coins. Yeah. So it's not about the money per se. It's about the heart, but this is an actual practical question. Yeah, you because the giving right. represents the heart. Right. So you got a hundred bucks. Do you give it just to your church? Do you give it to Samaritan's Purse who does a lot of good work mm-hmm. and, you know, famine problems and, you know, when there's an emergency? Yeah. Um, and, and or do you give it to, you know, you, you have a buddy who's a missionary in Africa who's yeah. who's like I do? Yeah, you should give it all to him. No, carry on. <laughs> it's the other buddy that I know that's a bit. The, remember, I have more than one oh, friend that's in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, well, then, yeah. So the point being is how do you, you know, where, where's, you know, back when life was simple, and I say that, wouldn't that far go? When you were, and probably when you were young, life was much simpler. You didn't have the internet, you didn't have everything, you didn't know about all this stuff. You pretty much gave it to the church and trusted the church to do That's it. That's right. And then when you heard about something, and you know sometimes it came from, you know, um, non-usual um, sources. Yeah. I mean, I, I we just finished Christmas, and during that time, the 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 song that the British artist put out on Thanksgiving. We are, it's not the, we are, it's before we are the world. It was the one that Bono and, and that Phil Collins and all those guys raised money for the famine aid in Ethiopia. Right. And so, you know, here you had a bunch of rock stars record a song that they were selling for a dollar, a dollar a deal. And it sold gazillions and they did provide a lot of help to, to, and that's, and, that was my, I remember asking the question in my, cause that happened when I was in college, I'm pretty sure. And I remember asking the question is why in the church doing this? Yeah. And, and so I'm not afraid of the hard questions. In fact, that's the kind of questions I generally like. So let's start with the deal. You got a hundred bucks. We're going to give it. Well, first in my humble opinion, you give it to the Lord. And let me tell you what that means. Because you you can't just throw it up in the air and say, here, God, you know, and expect him to catch it. Uh, that's not how you give the Lord. But uh, I want to recommend to the listeners to, to look at a couple other books. Uh, one I have here called God and Money and uh, some other resources online like Generous Giving or uh, Kingdom Advisors. These are places that can... The reason I mention these of all the hundreds that are out there is because they will say, first give it to the Lord, because as we learn to live as a steward, then it becomes clearer where to give and also how much. Because the person who only has $100 to give, uh, if they're an American, they must be unemployed, Okay. Or they don't understand the Bible because the Bible teaches it's all it's all God's, and so we're just stewards. And so to get give you an answer that may be controversial, but will really answer the question: What do you do with a hundred dollars? Well, you should give some of it to the church. Now, I don't think anybody can tell you how much to give to the church. Uh, the New Testament doesn't say ten percent. Now the Bible. We, I could spend a long time on that, but I'm trying to just stick with the question. No, I, I'm, I you give already, something to the church because the yeah. Bible, the Old and New Testament says, uh, you give to those who, who serve you, especially teachers. That's a category. 
that the New Testament makes clear, you give to those people. So that would be to the church. If you go to church, if it's not, if you don't go to church, if uh, like a lot of people don't go to church now during COVID, and you're listening to sermons somewhere, and that's where you're being taught, then you should give there. So what percent? I don't know. I can't see any reason why it would be more than 10%. Then the second thing I would say is, is it says in Second uh, Corinthians 8, which is where I refer most people in relation to giving, it says, give that there may be equality among the believers. So your giving, in my opinion, should be guided by how do you answer that question? So the Bible also says that we should give to all men, but especially those in the household of faith. Yes, and, totally agree with that one. And then that Ephesians, it says, give that there might be equality among the believers. That's focusing on giving especially to the believers. Now, does it add location? And this question is about local or global. So my, my answer that I've come to is you should give the majority of it to believers that are suffering around the world. Because I don't think that verse means give every, that everybody should have the same amount of money when it says give that there may be equality. It means that people's needs should be equally met. For less than 5% of what you spend on almost anything in America, like food or uh, something to drink or electricity, almost anything but a vehicle, even a home, for 5% of what you spend on a home in America, you can build a home for someone in a very poor country. So I, I, my interpretation of a whole lot of verses you probably don't want to hear is the majority of the money should go to the ones who need it the most. Well, that makes logical sense. I mean, um, because you're my friend, and I think I did shock you the first time I said yes, because my, my original deal with you is I'll keep you going, just don't make me go to Africa with yeah, you. That, that was, that's exactly that's, right. That's, that's a confession and of sin right you there. You kept but, to your agreement. But I did, I did support you quite yeah. well because – you rarely got the bill. I fixed the, I mean, occasionally I'd yeah. send you the bill because there was a part and I just didn't have the money. But most time, I mean, I, I don't ever remember charging you for my labor or anything. I just kept you going and gave you everything I could afford to give you. I had four kids and, and so, and just like you. And, and so, you know, money was tight. I'm, I'm not from a hugely wealthy yeah, situation. So, and I've seen, I mean, you don't understand, I mean, because I've been, I mean, I was director of technologies at a somewhat mega church and therefore I've seen, been in the church so many years, I've seen enough of this and that to know what it's like, but seeing it on the screen or seeing pictures back in the day, remember the slideshows, yeah. um, but today, you know, that's the only way you can do it. I mean, you can't, I mean, African nations are starting to reopen now, but, um, I have the advantage of going with you and being, you know, going to the Kibera slum in Kenya, which is if, you know, what Wikipedia says is accurate. It's the largest slum in the world. Yeah. And though it's a slum and it smells like an open sewer, there was some people doing, real Christian work in, in that yeah. slum yep. and the thousand Kenya shilling that I gave to, because one of my, it's a story that you told, uh, but I, I remember you asked me about how much cash I had with me and we gave a Christmas present to the pastor of this church. Yeah. And I think it was, I think it was 10,000 shillings, yeah. which, which sounds like, it's kind of like yen in Japanese. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like a lot of money. Oh yeah, I gave this person ten thousand shillings. Aren't I special? Okay, people, it was a hundred bucks exactly. And to him, oh, that was a lot it's of huge. money. It's huge. It's like it was an extra month's pay. Right. So, um, yeah, I know from looking at the because um, I have a, a this other minister friend who's you know in Cape Town and he's thinking about buying a house and you know we're looking at house prices. You get a in in Cape Town in the Ritchie parts is 
multi-million dollar houses, U.S. millions. Yeah. Okay, they're really nice houses. But regular houses are much more reasonable. I mean, it's, what, 25 cents a dollar kind of thing? Yeah. Um, and in Kenya, it was even much better. You yeah. could get a whole lot more. And so I, I get your point. I basically agree. My problem, and I'm just going to be really open about my problem, I've given to Samaritan's Purse for years. Mm-hmm. This is one of my wife's favorite organizations. But it really bugs me that Franklin Graham gets a salary of 600000 bucks. Mm. Um, I finally decided with the amount I'm giving, it's really not going to matter, you know, in a yeah. sense. Yeah. But it's really funny. I went on a couple of websites that were, they were talking about where to give yeah. before I did this, set up this podcast. And I'm not the only one. Several people commented. I love, I give this Samaritan's purse, but it bugs me that, you know, so-and-so is making so much money. I say that's true with the church. I have a huge problem giving to a church where the pastor makes three and four times what I made. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and one of my problems and one of the things me and you have talked about personally, and, and I've talked to this, over, I've said this in my podcast multiple times, I have a huge problem giving to a church where 90% of the money goes right back to the building or just to people's salaries and never leaves, never leave, forget about even helping the city, never leaves the building in a lot of ways. Yeah. And that's, I th- think uh, that, that challenge is what we need to look at. If we dive into each of these things in the question, how much to the church, how much to locally and how much globally, if we look at, look at those three, it, it may I, be 10, 10, eight. You yeah, know, yeah, you know. it, it may be, uh, but but the the church, I'm 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 not as concerned how much everybody makes or even uh, a nonprofit. The question is how much of it gets to the field, right? Right. And so with the church, unfortunately, I think I I don't think we're so much called to give us a, uh, the majority to the church. Biblically, that's my opinion. Uh, because the church is has become a destination in the Western world, and we're not called to the church; we're tr- we're called to the ends of the earth. Yeah, and, and the and church j- takes the money and it stops there, just as you said. Not all of them. A lot, there's some great exceptions that I'd be happy to tell you about. So I say, look at what your church is giving locally and globally, and if you're not happy with that, then it means uh, you should do it. And at just least to, with your portion. Just a clarification for the people listening. When we're talking about church, we're not actually not talking about the biblical church in a sense. We're talking about the particular church that has a building, and you know, it's the First Baptist Church or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad um, you clarified that because I was talking about the right the church worldwide, and because that's the only one that matters much to me. The local one, uh, it is is very important to most Americans. Correct. And that's that's I'm sorry about that, but you know, and I don't. So anyway, I'd say give something to wherever you're being fed, and if you want to call it church, go ahead. Second place you give it is where uh, is their need, and this is my I'm giving it a, a controversial opinion because I think you like that kind of thing. No, I'm doing it because that's <laughs> what this is what I believe. You know, uh, most of us in America are given. 10, 20, 30, 40, or 50% of our income to the U.S. government. Well, yeah, we're not actually giving it. We're being taxed that. Yeah. So, well, right. Okay. <laughs> there I, is I, a I difference. Reca- I, yeah, we give it. Or it's taxed, however you want to say it. It's right. taken from us. Yes, it's taken. And so, in, in my opinion, the government is given enough money. I'm not saying they do it, but they're given enough money to take care of the needs of this country. And in fact, 99% of the money that is taxed that comes from us to our government does not go outside this country. There's only like 1% that goes to the rest of the world. And so you can obey the law. You must obey the law. Uh, but you can't leave meeting the needs of the body of Christ around the world to the government, they're not going to do it, but they are going to meet the physical needs of the of a, the majority of the people in this country. 
And so if you want to give locally to a, a charity that's doing something local, I, I, I want to make sh- I'm sure I've made this clear already. I don't think it's, it's for anybody to say what anybody else should give, how they should designate. Yeah. It, it, to be clear, I kind of, I basically agree. I, I believe it is of concern in a, truly biblical sense a meaning that you're under an eldership and and you're in a in a tight yeah. real christian uh situation that we call church yeah that it is the business of that tight group where you're spending your money because that it's a telegraph of how you're doing in a lot of other ways yeah, yeah. that being a, said yeah go ahead that being said what what Bill Gates does with his money is Bill Gates's business. And what I do with my money is my business for yeah. the most part, especially from, from the things we're talking about right now. I mean, um, you know, I will, I don't think I may think a critical thought about somebody given to Joe blow, you know, church mega church that has, you know, $50 million complex, but I don't think I'd ever say it. I mean, um, because at least they're they're doing something. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. way too many people doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and, and I, I think that's where it's it's a you know what is church and what is the purpose of the church or the mission of the church. That's that's kind of what my podcast is about. I so was going to say yeah. yeah that that's a whole podcast yeah. or that's a whole oh, series. oh that's a, that's well that's pretty that's much my that's my and when, all I talk about. So. so, but this is an individual. I I don't I would wouldn't judge anybody i'd be curious why they would give uh more than 10 percent of their of their tithe to the church i'd just be curious i, I don't do it I, and i don't recommend it but then to, to meet physical and spiritual needs locally the physical needs a lot of them are met by the government you already gave there or it was taken to you taken from you by taxed right and but uh the government doesn't attempt to meet any spiritual needs locally. And so, and they shouldn't. And they shouldn't. So so I would say that's a good place for a portion of your money to go. And then, of course, that's not only my business, that's my calling. That's what I believe. Or I wouldn't give, you know, 35 years of my life to encouraging people to give to the needs of their brothers and sisters that are not local. Because the majority of the people in the deepest needs are not local. When we're talking about money, right. we got real problems in this country, but they're not primarily financial. And there are financial. We could get off on that too. But I'm say, I'm trying to answer the guy that's saying right. I got a hundred bucks to give, and I'd say if you're going to give more than ten up to the church, why don't you ask somebody why, or tell somebody why? Don't do it just because your pastor is using some Old Testament. Yeah, uh, preaching the ten percent tithe. It, yeah. it was an Old Testament yeah. system. Uh, so it's uh, it, it, and finally, I just say it's a it's a journey of faith. Why well, drives a Mercedes Benz? But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, that's it. That that's where uh, I mean, you know, and actually, uh, Franklin Graham makes a lot more than six hundred thousand. Yeah, because I, mean, I think he gets the exact same amount from yeah, the Billy Graham Evangelism Association. Plus, he has he books. Got, he got it to a million, and, yeah, and then so. he got it matched by another organization. But I'm not going to pick on him. He played, personally, played a significant I, I role, like the work role, he does. Role in, yeah. I mean, I think and, he's right about it. So many things. This is, I mean, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, and it, so that's a pro- – you're right. right. That, is a, that, is, that is your problem. Right. And uh, I, I've actually noticed that people that are getting the most done are usually – uh, getting it done from a position of strength. Yeah. I know some businessmen that are given, I've talked to one this morning who, who uh, wrote a check for $500,000 for missions in one country. And he could do that because he makes a lot of money. And, and so I'm all for him making, if he makes 10 million, I don't care. It doesn't, it's not a problem for me. Right. Well, the problem is who, whose is it? Is it yours or is it God's? If it's God's and you're just a steward, the Bible's clear enough, I think, for a believer like the one who's thoughtful enough to write this question. I have a. I want to take a slight tangent here because okay. I know the story and I know you were the guy behind it. Okay, um, I was a member of a church here in, in Nashville and then went to work for a sister church, same denomination, um, and that's where we met actually. Yeah. 
And they were in the process of building a brand new building. Mm -hmm. Now, unlike a lot of people, they pretty much had a reason to build a new building. Yeah. They were downtown and the city wanted them gone and offered them a lot of money for their current building and said, just leave. And so, and well, at least when I was there, they used the building. I mean, there was a school that was renting the space Monday through Friday. And then, you know, you had church activities and used that. I mean, the building was in use, which is a good thing. But one thing that church did that I'd never seen before. And I thought was, I heard people complaining about it, which those were the people that always had issues with, to be quite honest, the ones that I thought it was a, a really good idea. And I, and I heard through the grapevine that you were the one behind it where they, I don't know if it was 10% or 15%, but they, there was a, a percentage yeah. Yeah. of giving that was given to the building fund that was giving to a building fund for a project in another country. Exactly. I think it was Africa. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was Kenya or Cape town or, or yeah, they did two, and they, they did one, uh, a portion of it, uh, ended up being the majority of it went to build a school locally, but they also built some buildings outside the U S. So the, the presentation that I made to the elders was whatever, however many millions they were raising. It was like 15, yeah, yeah. $16 million. So, what, dollar so what if you didn't get that $15 million? Uh, what if you only got 90% in the three year pledge? What would you do? And they said, well, we would, uh, extend the pledge time or we get a loan or they gave all these reasonable options. I said, okay, so what you're saying is 10% would not jeopardize whether or not you're going to get your building. And they said, yeah. So I said, let me show you what you could do since you need a building. Do you think that there are any other ministries around the world that need buildings? Is that a legitimate thing? They said, well, yeah, we're putting 15 million in it. I said, what if you just took 1.5, 10% that you say you're going to get anyway? So you're not, you're not even going to miss it. Let me show you what you could do in other places around the world with $150,000 or $1.5 million, $1.5 million. And in the process of all that, which I've had other churches, not the one you're talking about, who, when it was raising $20 million for an extension on their already $30 million building, and uh, I asked them, for, went through the same presentation, and they said, we won't do 10%, we'll do five, and we're going to be the first five. And they told the congregation, and they told me later at the end of raising their $20 million, it didn't cost them the 5%. They thanked me. They said we raised 125% of what people pledged. And most people said it's because of the way you did it. You met the needs of others first. You did what 2 Corinthians 8 says, give. Yeah. So I, there'll be equality among the believers. And, and we went to, they went, they built a, um, it was a hospital or a yeah. clinic because we We've been we there. Went there. Yeah, yeah, we went there. Yeah. It's in, in South Africa. South Africa. Yeah, that's right. So, and yeah, so, that's... um, yeah, I mean, also I, I know I visited a school in a, it's not Kibera, but it was another slumish area though. Most of Kenya could, you could, you could be careful. How you, yeah. Cause a, a lot of it's yeah. that way. The way they say in Zimbabwe is in a high density area or a low density. Ah, area. yeah. Political correct way is that. Yeah, yeah. Which obviously isn't me. But anyway, um, for I think it was $40,000, they built a school. Sure. Sure. We, In fact, we're, we've just raised the money, 30000 to build a high school in Madagascar that we'll be going over to designate this year. So, yeah. I mean, how many schools can you build around here? A whole high school for thirty grand? Yeah. It doesn't happen. No, you can't even, you can't even get it out of, you can't even get the paper. You can get ink <laughs> on the paper. Get the survey. Yeah, you, you, you can Yeah, yet. you can't get any of those. You, you didn't, you're not even. You're not even yeah. to square one yet in yeah. America so, for so that. That's where I the bureaucratic say. fees probably go way past that. Yeah, yeah. But so. I also know that in because I know young um, daycare is a huge issue in Cape yeah. Town, South Africa, yeah. and I was over there when the, a, another team yeah. unrelated to yeah. to me was there building a daycare center for, I don't know if it was for an add-on. I think this one was an add-on to a church. Add on, but yeah. but sometimes they were just standalone daycares, and they put those things up for 
15 or yeah, 20,000 bucks. 20. And yeah. there's 30 of them. And it's one of the greatest ministries because, all right, so daycare is a worldwide need. And so that's what I'm saying. And God's in, in it's more of a worldwide need than it is an American need. An American, yeah, yeah. Uh, we at least have, we some have some, du- we have some two, you know, we, ha- we still have a few two person families where the, one can actually raise the kids and while the other one's paying the bills Yeah, over there there's the percentage of married couples that were both half. I mean, can't, they yeah. can't just, yeah. they have to both work at their very minimal jobs just to survive. So having a place to send the kids that at least has a, a solid roof over their head is a big thing. Yeah. And the, and, and the ones you visited, Matt, uh, those were built primarily because as we train church leaders, we ask them, what are needs in your local community? Because they don't want to just talk about God's love. We want to demonstrate it. And so that was one of the things they said. One of the needs is daycare because most of the young mothers in that township, Kailicha, are uh, single mothers. Right. And so if they just had a safe place to leave their kids, they could get a job because you went to Cape Town and you went to Nairobi. Even if you can leave your kids in a safe place in Nairobi, you still not be able to get a job. But in Cape Town, you probably can. And so just by somebody given $20,000, you can build a daycare center. And then within two years, most of the women who want to leave their kids there can find a job and pay the running costs. So that's, that's an example of, of, of what I'm saying. That's kingdom economy. That's for, for a fraction of what it would cost to provide daycare for 40 kids. But on top of that, just from my one time doing it, not that I wasn't part of the building crew. The one thing great about how it was being done, at least the time I was there, mm-hmm. there was a church. They made that their mission trip to build. Yeah. Somebody already done that laid the foundation. Yeah. They, they were just putting in the roof. The, the roof was already laid, but they were That's putting right. the, they That's were right. kind of doing the insides and, inside. and they were doing like painting and yeah. they made it a mission project. And the great thing about that is, you know, one of, one of my things um, is I don't believe in, I think public education, especially America Day, is a dangerous thing. Uh, if I had young kids, they would. I had my kids went to private schools even back twenty years ago. Yeah, and one of the things that the private school didn't do that it should have done, like a, a real, in my opinion, a real Christian private school, this is going to shock people big time. There should be. It didn't have to be to Africa, obviously, but there should be as part of requirement to, and there are of course exceptions. If somebody is, is not physically able to do it because he's in a wheelchair or whatever, you know, there are exceptions to sure. this, but, but as a primary rule to, in order to graduate from a Christian school, you should have had to go on at least a one week mission trip to someplace outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And not, I'm not talking just going to like Chicago. I'm talking or St. Louis. Yeah. I'm talking, yeah. At least Mexico, yeah, but, some but preferably some place. Very few schools do that, but a few. But but I think that would, I mean, if I ever started a school, which I don't know if that'll ever happen, that would be a top of the list. Yeah. Once. Yeah. Before we waste money on a football team or a basketball team, we're going to make it so that in order to graduate, you go on this trip. Yeah. And help them do it in a sense, be a, be a part of the budget. So it's just not another add on because I remember one of the challenges in private school was it wasn't just the tuition you were paying. It was, Oh, now I need this fee. And then I need that project. And you know, it was the nickel and diming on top of the huge yeah, check I wrote exactly. every month. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah, well, a little side venture well, I wanted the, to take. The reason that the side venture for me is helpful is because this question is, uh, is about, church local and global giving and and it's just like what you're saying about what a christian school should or it definitely could do that's that's uh what i what i've already that's a that's a wide area and so what right i I don't believe that the uh at least my understanding of scripture it doesn't make it clear what percent should go to church uh, what percent should go locally and what percentage should go globally yeah and, and again i don't think there's anybody who can tell you the exact percentages yeah, because we we, we can tell you yeah 
I get, we can both list five churches we wouldn't give a cent to. Exactly. And we can tell you some churches where you could probably almost give it all there because they're going to, they're going to do the exactly. right. They're going to manage fact, it well. Some of, them, some of them will even allow you to designate it. Right. And that's not many, but there are a few. And, and so if that's why if you're in a church that, that is really on board with the great commission, then you maybe should give all your money there. Right. If they're feeding you spiritually and they are doing what the Bible says is the purpose of the church, give all your money there. I just don't know any. And so therefore, like I don't do a lot global because I believe that's the, I mean, uh, sorry, I don't do much locally Local. because I believe that is the government's job. Now, maybe it should be the church's job, but the church is not even close. They're not. That, well, uh, what so happens? I'll go global, so I'm going to go global, and, no, and I think I could. I have a pretty I, biblical case for it. I actually think a, a semi. I, I don't see a lot of really healthy churches. Just to be honest, I've, I visited forty, and I haven't found one to join. So we, we've we've had this conversation <laughs> on a personal we sense. We have. Yeah. You're over but, sharing now. But well. Uh, it's my channel. I can yeah, I can yeah, do yeah, that. Exactly, uh, yeah. But one of the things that I've um, that I realized in some of those churches, well, they, they weren't what I call something I could join, but they were they weren't dead. Yeah, yeah. And the one thing that was going on is there was the internal requirements of a family were being met outside the church's responsibility, but by the church members. Mm-hmm. Generally, it was a, uh, they call them, what do they call them, home fellowship groups? Yeah. yeah. And, and that home fellowship group, okay, so-and-so's lost a job, now we've got to pay the bills. Yeah. And, and they would just do that in addition to what they were given to the church, and they were handling it. Yeah, that's very And, and that's a very, that's that should be a you know applauded. Yeah. That's, a, that's a very good thing that was happening. So there were several, and, from my own personal experience, you know this, when we just moved to Nashville, my oldest son was diagnosed with category four, and there's only four categories of Hodgkin's and cancer. And the church, we had insurance. In fact, um, we, we money wasn't an issue whatsoever because insurance pretty much paid for everything. But when you're, in my case, I did, traveling a lot and so the church you know they showed up and helped and we were just we were new to town yeah yeah and 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 so they're they they're still doing that at least some of them and i expect a lot of them are doing that pretty so so the locals being taken care of the churches are being taken care of and and i i actually want them to be squeezed because i want them to trim you know they're 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 paying some people way too much money yeah and so I have to agree with you that most of it should go to foreign. Um, but we didn't actually FY for the audience. We did not rehearse that statement um, at all. Um, but obviously being one of my best friends, um, you know, if I've got to give, when I give money, it's generally to a, a couple of organizations like leadership international that I know it'll get to where it's, it can help. Yeah. Because one thing I know about, but Larry is that he doesn't take any of the money himself. He, he raises his money, his own support separate, yeah. separately. And, and so um, there's no, <laughs> he doesn't actually spend enough money on internal. That's why I'm always patching together, <laughs> you know, systems and giving, you know, that's giving. That's what we call gifts in kind. Yeah. It's the kind we need. Yeah. So uh, I, I do a lot of gift in kinds that don't show up on the balance sheet, but, right. but they're needed. And, and I, you've always appreciated it. And that's not, we're not here to talk about me, but so there are organizations that take the money and then get it to the right person because you have to be careful with foreign. I mean, everyone I know has gotten the letter that, if you just send me one, you know, $200,000, there's this oil guy who's left this money in this bank in, in from, from yeah. Nigeria, yeah. generally yeah. speaking. It's a Nigerian contact who says, yeah. if you just you make this deposit and then we will give you the access to get, you know, this million dollars sitting in a bank. And unfortunately, people fall for that stupidity. Yeah. But everybody's gotten the letter from the Nigerians. I mean, they, they have a whole, 
must work because they keep coming. <laughs> They've got a whole. I, I don't know how nice a building they have, but I bet you it's got really good internet because they're turning out a lot of emails. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it but it's complicated giving uh, overseas. Uh, but, and I, I tell people after my first few years in, when I was spending most of my time in, in fundraising, that it's, it's actually easier to get the money than it is to spend it well. And so that's part of why I moved to Africa. So I'd understand, uh, the, how do we keep our channel of blessing clear? Does, what happens to the money once in, it's, it's easy to send money to a foreign country, but it's not easy to, to see how they spend it when they get it. Oh, that, yeah, yeah that's a can of whole nother worms. And it's just, but same with the church. They could say, you know, cause you can do anything with numbers, whether it's a school or yeah, a but, church. But, but I mean, adding on to that, you know, when I was in Africa, mm-hmm. I saw way too many band-aids being applied. And what I mean by that is, you know, my background is operations, running yeah. things, uh, yeah. and being efficient and getting things done. Okay, and there were, in fact, there's a there was a website I was looking at, and their picture was a guy handing a, a guy a fish. You know, that's part of the six yeah. things you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's be clear: if I give him a fish, then tomorrow I got to give him another fish, and the next day I got to give him another yeah. fish. Yeah. What I want to do is is give him a fishing pole, some training and some bait and say, okay, start fishing. So you, yeah. so I don't have yeah. the moral of giving him fish. I want to end it with one story. And, and, and I know your memory is not always the greatest, but, but I think you, you'll remember this one quite well. Um, you did this spur of the moment. You were in, you were in Kenya in Nairobi and it was a school where you had been sponsoring either sponsoring the whole school or at least sponsoring students to attend this school. Yeah. And some of them were graduating. Yeah. And you know where I'm going and you gave, you decided spur of the moment because you understand it's a thousand killing Kenya shillings, but it's only really $10. To us. That's right. Okay. So it's a lot to them and it's, it's literally nothing to us. I mean, yeah. that's, that's not, that's not even a meal. Uh, that's a really nice meal at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. Put it in perspective. Yeah. And you gave this kid who graduated this school, all of them that graduated, you gave them a thousand shillings. And and you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Tell the story. Well, and then we'll end with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, my wife and I made that decision when we talked about going to the graduation and uh, decided, okay, let's give them all a thousand shillings. And uh, then I wanted to, go back and and see if any of them would let us know what they did with it and i got a lot of stories so if if the one you want to hear is about the the fellow who bought the chickens then it's it's just so encouraging and it's it it does it is a good way to end because we in where we started and yeah we don't want to just be a giveaway program and we don't just give a man a fish we want to teach him had a fish and uh, this man he didn't want fish he wanted chickens and by by buying chickens he was able to produce eggs and then started an egg business and this is a, a, a young guy that just finished high school by the time I think uh, you might have gone back with me and even went to his shop I don't know if you did but I did eventually no, I saw the pictures of it but yeah. I wasn't with you yeah. on that trip yeah so that that's that's where uh, it just doesn't take that much internationally, but this young man had um, had uh, bought chickens, started an egg business, and now has more than a dozen employees. And it started from one gift of ten bucks for graduation. And, and he was the oldest child of our, or one of the yeah, oldest. And he yeah. put his he's put, he put his son he his put, son his, his brother. Put his brother and all sister way, all the way through college. Yeah, and the 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 brother is just graduated from medical school, and it's all been from the ten dollar investment. Which, if you could just do that enough time, I mean, exactly. and, and, and to be fair, yeah, yeah, it takes it takes it takes a, a, a year it, to go it, to medical school. It takes what? a special. He wasn't. We, you didn't know he was that special. No, I didn't. And, I mean, and all the stories weren't that good of the thirty six right. graduates. None of them were bad. <laughs> you know, 
Uh, oh, I mean, he yeah. agonized. I mean, I, I you know, there, I, I know the entire story. You know he the story. He yeah. fasted for three days, uh, walking around because he never had that much money. He never had that much money, and so how many of us are, are praying and asking God? I'm glad we can give some input, but people that ask a question as clear and as serious as this one, uh, I would just say, you keep asking God because He'll tell you. You ask for wisdom. And he'll give it to you. And I hope this has been a part of that wisdom. Well, thanks, Larry, for doing my podcast. And um, thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening to the Vorthos podcast. Visit Vorthos.net for more information. That's Vorthos. V-O-R-T-H-O-S dot net. You may follow at Vorthos on Twitter. The views and opinions expressed on the Vorthos podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Vorthos podcast. Any content provided by Matt or our guest are their opinion and not intended to malign or insult anyone or anything. Matt W. Ruff can be reached at Matt W. Ruff at Vorthos.net. That's M-A-T-T-W-R-U-F-F at V-O-R-T-H-O-S dot net.